0: Welcome in to another exciting episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. And it's spring season, baseball, softball season, and we've almost got a complete starting nine for your lineup of interviews tonight as we will have seven guests, seven interviews for you to uh, take in. We appreciate you listening to the podcast and for our sponsors supporting the show. Batting leadoff will be Courtney Dickens. She's the head coach of Uh, Picayune softball. In the two spot, Tony LaBella. He's the head softball coach out at Pearl River Central. Batting in the three spot is Neil Walter. We just mentioned the PRC program. He's the head baseball coach. In the cleanup spot, Evan Nicholson. He is the baseball coach for the Picayune Maroon. Tied in that four spot. In the five spot, Andy Davis. Uh, with Summerall, he's the Summerall head baseball coach. In the sixth spot, Aaron Fit. Aaron is the co-editor and national writer for D1 Baseball. Batting seventh tonight, Todd Graffanini, and Graff is the voice of the New Orleans Pelicans. What a time to catch up and talk Pelicans basketball. We hope you enjoy this episode. As I've already done once, I wanna thank you again for listening.
1: Hey everybody! Have you heard about the new restaurant in town, Brickside Coffee Cafe? Stop by and get a cup of your favorite coffee made by one of our great baristas, and have some of our yummy breakfast, lunch, or dinner:
0: pancakes bacon and eggs, the hamburgers, spaghetti and meatballs, mac and cheese, redfish tacos, and so much more! Don't forget the brownie alamo. Check us out on Facebook. Order online, stop by the drive-through, or come on in and stay well. That's Creekside Coffee Cafe. We'll
2: make you happy.
0: We are now happy to be joined by Coach Courtney Dickens for the Picayune Maroon Tide softball team that's headed into the second round of the 5A playoffs. Courtney, thanks for taking time for the podcast.
1: I appreciate it. I appreciate you, uh, calling and reaching out to us.
0: Courtney, let's look at the first round, a big win over Brookhaven. What did you like out of what you saw from your club to advance to the second round?
1: Uh, well, to be honest, I like the way that, uh, we came out swinging the bat. Um, that's kind of been something that, uh, we started out doing early in the year. And, um... We had kind of fell off a little bit. It kind of had me a little worried um, that we had peaked too soon. But uh, we have managed to pick it back up. Um, I would say, you know, even a a go in a couple of games um, before we played Brookhaven, I thought we had picked it up with our bats. But uh, they really came out against Brookhaven. Um, So that was something that that really stood out to me there that I hope uh, will continue uh, throughout the playoffs.
0: Coach, you mentioned the bats. You've been pretty consistent in the circle, particularly with Burnett on, in, inside the circle. She's had a great senior campaign. Kind of talk about the way that that she's pitched and the chance she really gives you about against anybody with the way she's held opponents down. Yeah, Kyle,
1: uh, just. As a hitter, um, you just – you really never know what she's fixing to come with. Um, She has a couple of off-speed pitches uh, that do different things, and uh, she has some pitches that will break on the inside, and then she has some that will break on the outside, and, you know, she has a change-up. So uh, it kind of keeps the hitters guessing, and uh, I think that kind of keeps them off balance. She she does a very good job of hitting her spot, Um, you know, usually whatever I call. Uh that's where it's going. Uh she very you know, few times she might miss but for the most part she she hits her spot. Um but she's just a hard worker, you know, she puts a lot of work in and um outside of outside of practice with me and uh it shows. So
0: Coach, you were a really good fielder in your day just from observing from the outside and, and getting the chance to see y'all a couple times this year opposed to the last couple years it looks like in in my eyes you may see it different that the defense is is much improved would you agree with that
1: yeah uh and that's something we've kind of been riding on this year that has actually in my opinion uh we've we've been able to get some wins because of our defense uh you know and, and you're right I, I I always loved defense, Um, even as a player, I felt like uh, that was always fun to me, which is funny because I know um, a lot of kids, you know, like to hit, but I always loved to play defense, and uh, I just always feel like, you know, defense wins championships, and, uh, you know, you kind of see that that the defense has kind of fell off a little bit, and uh, I I pound ours with defense every day, and, um, you know, that's something that we... We don't go a day without doing uh as defense, and you know um this year uh, I have more depth and um so I'm able to to do some defense with some base runners and uh I got kids that know what they're doing running the bases, so uh it kind of puts that same game like situation uh at practice that I can do with them and, and to get them ready you know for for a game so, I feel um, like you read think- my.
0: I feel like you read my notes, Uh, Coach. I was going to ask you about base running. Um, Me and my son took in the game on Friday night, and I thought y'all did an outstanding job of really pushing Brookhaven and and trying to make them make a play. Um, Aggressive on the base pass, is that something that uh, y'all have kind of preached this year and being able to take advantage of?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's something, you know, that I tell them we're going to be aggressive uh until you know we start getting out and then we'll kind of slack off a little bit on being being too aggressive but um I like to be aggressive especially early on uh in the games early in the games just to put some pressure on the other team's defense and uh like I said you know if they it I, I do see I do feel like East Central though is we might not be able to be as aggressive because um, I think they're going to have a pretty good defense um, and I had talked to them about that yesterday, and, and that was kind of something, you know, we we did practice our base running yesterday. Uh, so we're just going to have to be smart with it. But, um, yeah, I like them to be aggressive on the bases, especially early on in the game, just to put that pressure on the defense.
0: Coach, you mentioned East Central in your answer there. They're a team that won 5A South last year. I'm assuming they're bringing back uh, some good players to be in the second round um, this year. What can we expect out of East Central, and what's the prep been like? Kind of a short uh, turnaround and to get ready for this series.
1: Yeah, I do think East Central is going to be tougher than Brookhaven. Uh, they're going to have better pitching. Um, they, they have two pitchers that seems like they've been uh, riding all year. Uh, One of them is going to be, I would say, around the same speed as Kylie, uh, as my pitcher. And then they have one that throws slower. Um, I've heard that she can throw more movement, though. Uh, So, you know, we're going to have to make the adjustment because I know if we start hitting one, they're just going to put another one in. And we're just going to have to be disciplined and, and be able to make the adjustment and Uh, they're going to be able to hit the ball. To be honest, they're just a solid team all around. Um, I feel like East Central is just the same team every year. Seems like we face Hmm. them a lot in the playoffs, uh, but they're always the same, um, always, you know, very good at the plate. They're very disciplined. So uh, they don't swing at at junk pitches. Uh, They make you throw it in their zone. um, And then their defense is always solid. So I think, you know, we got a we got a tough road but uh I I really think um if, if we hit the ball like I know we can and we continue to play defense I really feel like we'll be okay.
0: Coach I thought it was a, a nice sign of respect and of course the scouting had to be done but uh, their head coach made the long journey over from Hurley. I I peeked up and I said he kinda looks out of place and then it dawned on on me exactly Uh, who he was the other night coming to check out the Maroon Tide and and Brookhaven, and he stayed to the final out. So he got a good look at uh, what y'all have in store for him coming this week.
1: Yeah, I I thought I had saw uh, somebody over there that was standing out to me as well, and then one of my parents had told me that that he was from East Central, that he was the coach at East Central. So um, the good thing is – You know, I feel like there was a couple of things that uh, we didn't do that um, maybe he didn't get to see. So uh, (laughs) uh, we didn't do uh, any small ball that night. Um, I just just didn't feel like we needed to. Um, But, you know, like I said, we just – just facing them in the past, uh, we pretty much know what they have. I do think that um, they're going to be an older team. They – so, you know, more experience, but – they're my girls are young, but they're experienced too, so um
0: hopefully it'll will come out with the win against them coach let's, this will be our final uh question. I promise you that I'll only keep you ten, and we're getting close okay, uh, to that mark but you know me and uh, my son we kind of snuck out um to see the final outs the other night down the fence and We were down by the senior banners, and the thing that dawned on me is there just weren't a whole lot of senior banners hanging down that way. Talk to the mix of this team. You've got Burnett, who we've mentioned in the circle. Of course, she's a senior, but then you have a ton of young uh, contributors on this team. How fun has it been to to coach this team and the mix that's going on?
1: Oh, yeah, they're they're a really fun group. I mean, they come out every day with lots of energy. Um, you know, that's the good thing about coaching those young kids. It seems like they have a lot of – they bring the energy, you know, um, and they love softball. Um, you know, I, I coached them in junior high, uh, and I knew then, you know, that they were going to be a special group. And, uh, you know, they just – I can't really take credit for – um, like, you know, we were talking about defense and, and things like that because uh, they're just, to me, they're easy to coach because they do play a lot of ball. So they have a lot of ball sense. So things that I tell them, you know, they'll just catch on to it real quick. Um, but, yeah, I have Kylie, um, a senior, and then Riley Kraft plays center field for me, and she's a senior. And then the rest of my team, I have an eighth grader catching, um, and then I have uh, ninth and tenth graders. So, you know we got a lot coming back next year, um, looking you know for them to bring that same type of energy and now having that that varsity experience at a young age. I really think that'll definitely be an advantage as they get older.
0: Courtney, when you were coming up and and not i mean I consider you young it it makes me feel young to say that but. <laughs> Softball now for these kids, especially the age group you just mentioned, those 8th and ninth graders, they can find softball and be able to consume it on TV basically any time that they want. How cool has it been for you to really see the game explode on the national stage? Yeah,
1: you know, and it's something that uh, that these girls deserve because – you know, when I was growing up, I, I remember um, watching it on TV and everything. But I even since I've been playing, I, I can tell that it's gotten bigger. Um, and and I think that again kind of motivates these girls. Uh, I you know it motivates them to um, want to play softball even at a young age. You know, I see these little girls walking around uh, at Friendship Park, and uh, they you know. Just seeing them at these college games, and they're getting their balls signed by these by these older girls um it just kind of motivates them to want to play ball and uh that's a good thing for us coaches because uh you know it kind of seemed like for a little while it might have went down just a little bit, but like you said it, it's really picked up um you can pretty much turn the t v on at any time and watch a ball game even if it is a rerun yeah. so um. And it's fun to watch. I mean, it's it's fast-paced. Uh, it just – I like how it moves real fast, and, and that's kind of how we work too. And Kylie, um, <clears throat> she works real fast. So uh, me, her, and Addison, because I call the pitches, uh, but Addison watch. You know, we kind of have our little routine, and, and we get it going. But I love just the, the pace of the game, how it's real fast. And uh, anyway, but I, I'm – I love how it's picked up um, just because, like I said, I, I just see um, more more motivated kids now, to be honest, is, is really what I've noticed. Uh, they have more opportunities now to go play, and these coaches that uh, – these college coaches, to me, are doing a great job of, you know, having all these camps for the kids and uh, it gets them out there and gets them interested in softball at a young age, which is – what we need, you know, you have to start playing ball really young. It, it's hard to pick it up when you get older. Like, you know, other sports you might can kind of pick up later on. But I found out that the, the earlier you pick up softball, the better.
0: Courtney, when you look at the crowd um, the other night for the, I guess that was game two of the playoff, well, that was game one of the playoff series against Brookhaven. It was a great home crowd there. How much does that mean Uh, to your team when the community gets out and supports the Maroon Tide in that way?
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like our community does a a very good job of supporting our girls. And uh, we've had big crowds uh, all year. You know, even just for regular season games, we have a lot of people come out. And uh, I I appreciate everything that, you know, our community's done. They've donated meals. Um, You know, just we had no trouble at all uh this year getting our fence just filled up with signs. Uh there was people contacting us, you know, just wanting to to get their business out there and uh I have people contacting me all the time. You know, is there anything we can do for the girl? Just let me know. Um, so, you know, and again that's a little more motivation for these girls. Uh and I don't care, you know, what anybody says, I feel like um, the atmosphere and the fans make a difference in the game for the kids uh when they feel like you know they have a lot of support I sometimes feel like they play harder sure
0: sure coach. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you and continued success. Good luck against east central
1: well, thank you and I, like I said, I appreciate you uh reaching out and contacting me
0: thank you courtney
1: it's good talking to you it's good talking
0: to you.
3: Hey folks, it's never too early or too late to get that spring cleaning done. Give our friends at Silver Run Cleaning Services a call. They provide Pearl River County and the surrounding areas with a professional cleaning service. Silver Run Cleaning offers tailor-made and customizable services for your commercial business, your post-construction cleanup, and your residence. Remember, that Silver Run Cleaning Services. For reoccurring and one-time appointments, give Darby McCraney a call at 601-337-1721. That number once again is 601-337-1721. Let Silver Run Cleaning Services handle all your messy cleanups.
0: We are now pleased to be joined by the coach of the Pearl River Central Blue Devils out on the softball diamond, and that's Coach LaBella. Coach, thanks for taking time for the podcast.
4: Oh thank you. Glad to be with you,
0: Coach. Let's look at what um, Pearl River Central and winning a district has accomplished this year, and then we'll turn an eye towards the playoffs. What have you liked about your club uh, here in 2022, Coach?
4: Um, i I think we've uh, I think we've gotten better as the season has gone along, and I think we've uh, you know we're hopefully we're still improving, but I think that. Uh, we have been, um, you know, cognizant of the fact that record wise, early in the season, we may not be, uh, you know, have the record ex- that we exactly wanted, but uh, it was going to benefit us at the end playing tough teams. And um, so I think like now that, you know, we're I think we're 19 and eight, uh, but you know we we played a lot of really good teams. The non district schedule has been really tough. And uh, I was, you know, sometimes you get worried that, you know, early in the season when you're not winning, that the, you know, what if the kids don't buy into the the whole thing about the hard schedule? But I think they realize now that it's helping them. And um, you know, our district we had several close games, and I, I think that tough schedule made us help made us prepare a little bit for that. You know,
0: Coach, when we look at this this program. And you're going to have to correct me where I'm wrong here. I know the district titles are uh, painted up on the dugout. I can see them, but I can't recall them. Is it six of the last (laughs) seven years, Coach? Is that that right?
4: Well, we had, uh, let's see, uh, we had, it started with, uh, my first year was 2014, and we won six in a row starting in 14. And then we were, then we had the COVID year where we, we just played one district game and then everything got shut down. And then last year we, we tied Long Beach with a five and one record and they went as the first place team based on a tiebreaker. So it's, I guess if you count COVID, it's, uh, let's see, six out of the last eight years. And then we, this will make it, this one makes it seven out of nine.
0: Coach what can you attribute to that type of consistency and success man that is a I mean that's a mouthful that's a heck of a run right there. Um,
4: I've been blessed with a lot of good players and probably mostly just a lot of dedicated players you know we had to um it was uh it was kind of a rough situation not to come into because I was you know I was coming from Bell Chase and uh which you know we had a lot of success there and Think that um, there's only one win that season before we started, and a lot of it was, you know, they talk about culture change, and mm. you know, it was it was getting them to understand that you know rain wasn't going to cancel practice, and you know we weren't going to just be out there for 45 minutes and stuff like that, and um, you know it's that that first group that you know we were only 500 that year, but <clears throat> they really you know sowed the seeds for for the people that were going to come after us. We had all kind of problems with rain that first year, and. Uh, couldn't get on the, the uh, on the field a lot. Um, field had a lot of water on, so we practiced. I want to say for one stretch, maybe two weeks in a row in the safe room, hmm. and um, it was, hmm. you know, it, it, admittedly sometimes we didn't have a, there wasn't a whole lot uh, we could do in there, but it was just the idea that you know we we're gonna do something, and um, you know I think that first group, um, even though you know we won district, I think that wasn't one of the better record-wise teams we had. I think they kind of set the standard that. Everybody else who followed them is going to be, okay, this is the hard work that you need, and, you know, we've had good senior classes that have kind of kept that up, you know, throughout those years, but that, that first, uh, those first couple of years um, really kind of set the tone, I thought, starting 14 and 15.
0: Coach, you were a heck of a basketball coach as well on the women's side. Would you kind of describe what it was like to to juggle both, and I've got to assume that it's, uh, I'm am hesitate to use the term easier but uh, maybe better balance uh, could you kind of walk our listeners through what that that was like because you have one at a high rate on the other side too
4: yes sir basketball is probably my first love honestly and um, I've been doing the uh, except for a couple of years, uh, I, I guess I did on and off both sports for about 20 years, maybe. And um, it just took a lot of organizing. You know, um, I had a, it, there were some benefits, like, uh, like for instance, at, at, at PRC when, when I was doing both, you know, you had some kids um, who were sort of primarily basketball players playing softball and then softball playing basketball, and it helped out that. You know, we I could look at that, and see their schedules, and say, okay, well, this is mm-hmm. where you need to be, and, you know, stuff like that. But it's, uh, I miss basketball a lot, but it was, there were a lot of things. Uh, you know, we had a lot of um, weather problems with our field a couple of years ago, and it was, you know, it was we were playing for the district champion, uh, not district champion, district tournament game. And um, I remember me and Coach Carroll, my assistant in both sports, we were out there, you know, like late, late, late getting water off, and it was just kind of like, you know, I wasn't getting any younger, and it was kind of hard. to hard, It was one of those moments when you just say, well, you know, it's maybe a little too much right now. Uh, and then COVID, you know, when COVID came, it was they had the same athletic PE period. So um, it was kind of the right time. And, I mean, I miss basketball all the time. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to coach basketball again one day. Just right now, this is what's best for me. And it's a little bit of adjusting, um, a little bit more free time for sure.
0: Coach, when you look at at this team, and, and you've kind of described the scheduling for the Blue Devils to be where you want them to be at the end, what what are some areas that uh, you'd like to improve upon, or even strengthen uh, some things that y'all are already doing well?
4: Um, I think the I think the biggest thing, in the Coach uh, Rayford and Coach uh, Carroll, um, you know, they we're basically like three head coaches, I've never really looked at it like, you know, their assistants. I mean, they make a lot of the decisions. They do all the hitting uh, for us. And uh, I think we all kind of agree that we, we have a tendency to have these mental lapses. You know, when we um, you know, if we have, a, if we get a good start, it's ironic that whenever we get a good start, we, we have problems putting teams away. And um, we've had, uh, we've been really fortunate that, you know, we've had uh, Izzy and Carson and you know, several people have stepped up and gotten key hits for us to win, like the uh, <laughs> the New Hope game was an example where, um, you know, we didn't play very well at all, and then Izzy, you know, hits a three-run home run or a walk-off grand slam, and we win. And, you know, you're happy that you win, but you, you don't want to put kids, you know, one kid in a position to have mm-hmm. to get that hit because eventually it's going to catch up with you. And we've sort of gotten a lot of those benefits that, you know, kids have really come through sometimes when we made mistakes on defense and then we, you know, have quite a few walk-off wins. But, you know, those things usually, I mean, I know from over the years, a lot of times they kind of even themselves out. And, you know, hopefully we haven't used those up already. And and also, you know, it's just stress to the girls that, um, you know, take care of things early in the game. Every innings, you know, they're like, you know, international tiebreaker so that, you know, you don't have have to have somebody, do, you know, be a hero. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to hit a line drive, you know, missile at somebody and it's not going to find a spot. And, you know, a lot of times that person wouldn't have been in that position if you'd have just taken care of what you needed to do earlier, early
0: in the game, you know. Coach, you mentioned Izzy Martin there. cucinella has been good for y'all in the circle. Uh-huh. You have uh, Jazz who's been uh, good in the circle. These young ladies start to play at such a young, young age, I'll say that, like seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, and then you right, can tote them right. with them. The relationship, when you, when you look at the men's side in high school baseball, if a guy plays in a ninth grade, that's just such an anomaly. But for, right. for this side of it, that's almost par for the course. And then the relationship, I'm trying to phrase this, Coach, out. Player to coach and, and and vice versa. You're with each other for a lot of reps. Maintaining that relationship yeah. for a full six years could be yeah. a, a task, couldn't it?
4: Yeah, it, it's 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 weird because just the other day I was I was telling Izzy that I remember when you know we had the discussion about her coming up as an eighth grader, and you know um, I, obviously I trusted Coach Carroll on that decision and it was the right decision. She was ready to definitely ready to play at that age, but. It's, it's weird because he, in, one, in one sense you know you you're with them for a lot of time for a lot of years but like in Izzy's case it's really flown by we mm-hmm. were just saying just the other day that I remember you know the eighth grade when when she came up her first home run and um, how she was always the you know the young one out there the older kids had to kind of watch out for her and you know once we finish this season she's been a senior and it just it just it, even with those many years it doesn't seem like you're you know it just seems like it goes so fast you know, and the thing with um you know like with Bailey and you know Jasmine came up and pitched as a seventh grader um because it was the right move at the time um you know we're just gonna the philosophy is never to bring them up if if they're not going to play right away um because that you know it'd be better getting time somewhere else, sure. but all those kids were ready um Carson Cassioppo is another one you know she she was a uh, starting outfielder at the Flex as a seventh grader. She was the um, everyday uh, center fielder starting as an eighth grader. And so I guess she'll, you know, if everything goes okay, she'll end up as a six-year starter. And it it, it is weird because it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, wow, that's a long time. <laughs> Six <laughs> yeah. years out of your life, you know. But they, they've been able – I mean, all those, all those kids we just mentioned have been um, – yeah, I think they, they know how to handle themselves well. You know, they, they, they know when you come up as a younger player, you know, the other kids are kind of looking at how are they going to, not just their performance, but how are they going to act, you know. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, okay, the new kid coming in, and they've all done such a good job of them. They know the game really well, and they, they have good work habits. So it's been an easy fit for them to come, come in, even though they, you know, they started when they were so young.
0: Coach, I had the pleasure of getting a call y'all's ball game earlier in the year in in Picayune, against Picayune. It was right. out out at your place. Um, right. The play by Devore at second base, she made a beautiful play in that ball game. And then I know the family well enough. I think I can call her a pest on the base pass, but that really <laughs> that's really what you want um, when you get some speed on at the top, isn't it, Coach?
4: I'm sorry, what was that again? I'm sorry to hear you. What For her to be again? a pass
0: to the team when she can get that type of speed yeah. on a base pass.
4: So, no, she she's just amazing. She's so smart. She's she's just so smart. <clears throat> she does everything um everything the way you'd want it to be done. I mean, she does. She's a she's, you know, meticulous. She pays attention to detail. Um, she'll ask questions, you know, sometimes we do a lot of stuff as you know with base running and and you know there'll be times when you know i've been doing it a long time and kind of explaining and you give the kind of the same thing okay this is what happens when you run in this play a trick play and you know she'll come up with a question and i'm like you know wow that's that's a really smart question and i know if she has it you know other people have it too she's just she's just man she's just tough as nails and you know you you look at her and you know off the field, she's so she's so little but when she when she talks the kids listen i mean she is a great She's a great leader on the team. Um, she she makes every play. And if you ever watch sometimes when there's a like a, a ground ball hitting the hole between first and second, just, you know, just little things that sometimes, sometimes people don't see. She'll, when she flips it underhanded, it's like a very, very, um, you know, gentle toss. Like, okay, let me get it to the first mm-hmm. baseman to give her the best chance to not have to, you know, drop the ball or something. And um you know she's only a sophomore, so she's, it's, she's uh she's a real pleasure to coach, I mean in every area, and doesn't make excuses either. you know she she doesn't make many many, many mistakes at all, but sometimes like at bad practice, you'll hear her say, you know you're pitching before a coach, the hidden coaches could say something say,
0: "Oh, I dropped, I dropped." Hmm. <laughs> like, correction that's, that's when you've almost mastered yes, something
4: there huh, coach? Y- yes, sir, yeah, she's a real real pleasure to coach.
0: Wow, Coach, continued success, man. I appreciate and respect what uh you and Coach Carroll and Coach Lee have built out there and continue to maintain.
4: Well, I appreciate it. We're hoping uh hoping also that Pick Union does a good job. They uh Coach Courtney's got them playing really well and that second game, as you know when we played them, we were very fortunate to you know, to win that game. They kinda dominated the game most of the way. Um, But I I know they're going to do well in the playoffs, and I'd love to see both
0: of us, uh, you know, hopefully meet up for South State. That'd be great. Yes, it would. be great for the community. Thank you, Coach. Yes, sir.
4: Thank you. Thank you.
0: If you're looking for granite, quartz,
5: quartzite, or marble, come see Angela Burmaster at Exotic Stones, located at 6985 Highway 11 North in Carrier, Mississippi, or at their brand new showroom located at 1171 highway 90 in bay st louis angela and her staff will help you select the perfect color scheme and will fabricate and install any residential or commercial project that you have angela's low prices and personal touch can't be beat also mention the talking ball podcast and angela will throw in a free sync with your installation for the carrier location call 601 601- or for the Bay
0: St. Louis showroom, call 228-344-3003. It's always a pleasure to visit with Coach Neil Walter with the PRC Baseball Program. Coach, congratulations on the district champ. First round buys, we get ready for a second round of 5A playoff baseball.
6: Uh, Thank you, I appreciate it.
0: Coach, I, I asked you this in the preview to kind of look back a year and, and give me a grade or an assessment on last year's regular season or season as a whole. I'll get you to do that for your regular season. How did you think your Blue Devils fared through the, the regular season?
6: Um, well, we, we did pretty well. I, you know, I thought that uh, – I looking at it, I thought we might win a few more games. But um, early on, you know, we didn't push a panic button at all. I think we were – our first 12 games, we were 6-6, six and six, and our longest winning streak was one game.
2: I mean, we didn't <laughs>
6: win two in a row. And, um, but I, I looked at it and compared it to the year before, where, and I'm telling you, it didn't, know what, it didn't matter what happened, Um something crazy happened, we'd win that game. And then we kind of faded towards the end. I felt like, um... This year, we you know we played our best baseball uh, at the end of the year. I mean, you look at it; we started six and six, and then we you know we, we finished twelve and three the last fifteen. Um, so we played a lot better the second half. And you and choose one half to play good. It's going to be mm-hmm. the second half.
0: Absolutely, coach. When you look at going twelve and three down the stretch, of course, the first round by means a lot of good happened in the regular season, but it also puts you off a little time. How? How do you kind of deal with that? I know you're somewhat accustomed to having this break, but are you a little worried that it may break up some of that mojo?
6: Um, not, you know, hey, you always are. Look, I, I don't think the first round buy is necessarily a, a big advantage. Um, I've always been the guy. Look, when they've asked the states, asked, I said, look, either take two or take them all. Hmm. Um. Don't don't give a buy, but um, but we did. You know, we did play Gulfport. Um. Uh, you know, last week. So so we did play something, but it, it's, it's not the same because, you know, whoever we play, we don't know who it's going to be because they play tonight because they got rained out last night. Whoever we play has just won a playoff series and, and kind of, you know, got their their battle scars for this year already. So I think it is kind of an advantage for the team coming in. Yeah, uh, The only time I think that buys an advantage is if you have a thin pitching staff and, you know, if you only got two or three guys, right. and they're going to they're need that at that, that time. Um, you know, we're not in we're, – we're, fortunately, that's not us this year. We, we've, got a, we've got six guys of 20 or more innings. So everybody's pretty well rested.
0: Coach, when you look at the district, you won with Picayune Advanced, and Long Beach Advanced over the weekend. That's pretty strong to have three into the second round. That's always a good sign of help for the district.
6: Right, yeah, it's and it and it is a, it is a strong district. It generally is. Um, I think that that playing the district schedule that we play, I think that helps in playoffs. Certainly, um, it was it was tough. A few this was gosh, seven eight years ago, we were in a we we're in a district where we played eighteen games in the two years and seventeen of our ten run rule games. Hmm. We didn't fare as well. We didn't do as well, and we had good teams too. But we didn't do as well in the playoffs then because I don't. I, like we didn't see real baseball till the playoffs at least here you know the last four weeks of the season you know we saw some quality quality teams and quality arms
0: Coach when you look at all the pitching that that comes with decisions to make as well which are, are you know it's it's a good choices and good pick from but it's still choices to be made when when do you kind of make the the final call on what you're going to do game one and two how late do you wait in the week or like what's that thought? thought process look like
6: well and historically it's been you know i don't know a week you advance um now i just know who we're gonna throw game one um game two I, i'm pretty sure but you look at that you know as far as the innings you look at somebody like Keith brunson and gavin brown their innings come in relief i mean you know th- that's what they do um you know i don't hesitate to bring them in, in the third or fourth inning but, but that's just what they do that's their role so they pile up innings in relief. I don't. I don't mind starting a guy and saying, "Give me three good ones." Hmm. And it's nice to be able to have those other guys here, especially when you know you get into uh, uh, something like this format, which is Friday, Saturday, Monday. Which I prefer actually Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because um, it really gets into pitch counts then. But um, you know, you throw more than twenty-five pitches on Friday. You're not throwing Saturday. So, so having those arms. I mean, obviously, how game one goes dictates how game two goes for the most part
0: coach waiting um uh, is anticipate. like is it bothering you not to know who you've got like you've ha- having a wait and wait is that is that kind of a nerve thing or you just take what you get you don't have a choice nah,
6: i don't i don't really i, I don't really care too, too much as far as I, that doesn't bother me we're gonna prepare the same way regardless um i really i i really believe after just years of doing this that it's it really doesn't even matter who you play, just, you know, just how you play. He's um, going to be playing well, to, you know, this time. And, and it boils down to, uh, you know, the best team during the regular season doesn't always get it. It's it's the team that plays best that weekend. Um, so we just want to be playing good baseball that weekend. So we're not changing a whole lot of the stuff we do. Maybe if, there, if it's team-specific, if there's certain things with team, then we'll put something like that in. But, look, I'm dealing with 16-, 17-year-olds. I can't put it in a week in advance anyway. I pretty much got to put it in the day before or the day of for them to remember it anyway.
0: That makes sense, Coach. When you look at your year, Coach, is there a youngin' out there that, that kind of su- surprised you in a good way? If it's in a bad way, we'll hold on. We can talk about that off the record. But it, in a good way, Coach, that kind of came on and you were like, okay, they're, they're developing and, and getting to where I need them to be.
6: Well, I, I don't know. I, you know I expected all the guys that are playing contributing, I knew they had a denim. Um, uh, you know uh, uh, Connor Dice has done just outstanding job in the field. the beginning of the season, I wasn't quite sure, and he'd get a little nerves, but he's played a good second base. Um, you know when called upon, we've moved Nolan behind the plate at some you know sometimes. and um, Connor's done a good job there, and Chris Hart, we knew he could do it. But um, but Chris is hitting the ball really well right now. And uh, he just does good things for us. Uh, he's, he's fast. He can bunt. Um, just doesn't strike out a whole lot. And just, just moves the baseball. So, so he's, you know, and we knew he could do it. So I'm not, you know, that's why I was hesitant to say he's a surprise. But um, he's, uh, it may be a surprise he's hitting as well as he is. But we, we like I so said, we knew he had a denim or he had Denny, and he's probably going to be our leadoff guy the next two years after this.
0: Coach, when you look at the landscape of five, a kind of who who do you see maybe from the north and and some uh, top competition, of course, here um, from the south as we move through these rounds. Well,
6: as far as in the north, I really don't know anything about it. Uh, I know that New Hope had a uh, had a pretty good record. Uh, I think Neshoba Central and Lafayette had pretty good records, and they played. You know, and I know Lafayette, in Lafayette's case at least, they played a decent competition. So um so th- there's some good teams there might be somebody out there i'm not even thinking of i just don't know i'm just not familiar with them in the south i'd say you know just about any team here could can could, could make a run to south state and be playing for it i mean yeah, at the beginning of the year i said there's a lot of parity and, and i don't think that's changed now um there, there's just an awful lot of parity and you have different strengths and weaknesses some are some are are, are are you know teams that on the mound they're just really good others do it more with the bats um you know, if if any if anything, if I think I think the thing that separates them is when you get people into a game three. Hmm. So if if anybody can push them to game threes, I think then you'll you'll be able to see kind of uh, if a team's gonna be able to make a run or not.
0: And historically, y'all have been so good in game threes. Coaches really served y'all. Uh, well, with your years there. Coach, I meant to do this the first time we had you on for the preview, but if you would tell our listeners, of course, the Pearl River County listeners are going to know this, but listeners from around the the state, y'all making some upgrades out to the ballpark there and have already made some upgrades.
6: Yeah, yeah, we added some new seating. We scooted the backstop into somewhat normal depth instead of being, you know, uh, shoot i think it was 40 uh 49 feet to the, you know behind the plate now you know uh we shorten that up i think mean, it's 31 feet now and then you have uh, a 60 chair backs here got netting instead of that fence which is tough to see and and um yeah you know, i don't want i don't want to speak on them yet because it's not going to be i don't want to jinx it but i think we're going to have some upgrades to the field uh uh next year too i'm really excited about um and then uh, of course we you know laid the sidewalks out here and they got drainage uh, in anticipation for adding new concessions stand, restrooms and things like that it's a uh, much needed upgrade and much appreciated
0: cool stuff coach and then a chance for you to kind of speak to what your junior high program pulled off i guess that was last week coach if that's not right correct me but uh, that group that's yeah. coming up looks to be special
6: yeah, it's last Thursday. Uh, yeah, they won. And look, so they played three playoff games. They, uh, their first one, they they beat Biloxi in extra innings on a walk off with two outs. Then they walked it off the bottom of the fifth against <laughs> Wes Harrison. I think one nothing. And then they walked it off uh, in the bottom of the fifth against George County. One run. So three one run games. Um, I don't think, you know, someone say, oh, Man, they got ice water in their vein. No, they just don't. They don't know. They don't even know the score, man. They just play and they just go out there and play, but they don't get real nervous and, and they have a lot of fun playing the game, which is the way it should be, and uh and they really get after it. And yeah, I think they're gonna be pretty good. That's the third the third PRC junior high team has won a championship. We had uh um the team that won the state title, those sophomores and juniors won it. Uh, our current juniors and seniors won it. And then this group. So I, I don't someone said, can you tell what they're gonna do in high school based on that? Hmm. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> we, had a, we had a junior high team that A and B combined, went one and nineteen and those jokers won three district titles. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> if that's any indication at all. But um if we keep them involved and they get after it and and they, they enjoy getting better, then uh then that's what we're wanting. So so that championship was just icing on the cake. Uh but it was a, it was going to be a successful junior
0: high season, no matter what. That's cool stuff, Coach. Well, wh- whoever it's going to be, Coach, good luck in the next round, and uh, hopefully we'll be visited again soon. I, I hope um, for the best for y'all, Coach. And you know, I know you're. A, I guess you and uh, Coach Kane, y'all used to always bother me as, as Cardinal fans. But you kind of talked about that start of y'all's year. That's reminiscent of my Brave start from last year. I, I'm I'm sure you you didn't enjoy that run. <laughs>
6: Right, right. Well, you know, I didn't – yeah, they're – you know, in that one, of course, you played 162 games, but it kind of matters how you're playing in the end. I mean, when the Cardinals won it, I think they were nine and a half out mm-hmm. to start September, and they end up uh, doing it and down to their last strike twice. So um, it's just play, just playing your best baseball at the right time. That's what we're hoping to, hoping to do here.
0: Thank you, Coach.
3: All right, man, thank you. Attention all Little League coaches and commissioners, all high school coaches and athletic directors, or anyone looking for plaques, trophies, or any other kind of ceremonial awards, give our friends at Riverbanks Engraving a shot. They specialize in custom plaques, trophies, championship rings, and more. They even do custom engraved hats. You can stop by their shop at 107 West Canal Street in Picayune or give them a call at 601-798-4928. Also, look them up on Facebook and give their page a follow. Riverbanks and Gravy, no award is too big or too small.
0: Now sitting by with head baseball coach of the Picayune Maroon Tide, Evan Nicholson. And Evan, what a big win last night over in West Jones. You get a grade A performance from your sophomore and Tanner Busby. Let's start there, coach. His job on the bump um, after being hit pretty hard just a few nights uh, previous to that what a job he did oh yeah man look
5: tanner friday he had a bad taste in his mouth uh i went i went and grabbed the ball from him uh and when i grabbed the ball from him friday he really didn't want to come out um but i just knew you know the way the game was headed uh pitch count type deal if i if i got him out then we'd have a chance to bring him back if we got to a game three um and when i went to get the ball from him i told him i said look we don't come back and win this one, we're gonna to win tomorrow. And you're gonna be back here Monday and you're gonna let these guys know who you are. And he shook his head and he he, he went he went to work Saturday, uh, twerking a few things with uh with Coach T and I mean went out and man he
0: he he pitched the gym. So gave us a chance to win. Evan, it's crazy how baseball can work out. You, I'm going to phrase this kind of funny. He pitched just bad enough where you could come back with him and feel comfortable on short rest. Is that right? Yeah, that's what me and Remo
5: were kind of talking about, like how it kind of worked out. You know, like he's getting lit up uh, the fr- Friday, and you're like, golly, man. But we knew he wasn't sharp, um, you know. So we were still in the game, you know, but we, we, we still felt like he wasn't sharp. We could go with somebody else that would give us just a good a shot on Friday um, to c- keep it close, and give us a shot to come back um, and be able to, you know, say, think ahead a little bit. If we do come back, if we win Saturday, um, we, we got him coming back, you know, on pretty good. I mean, he throws a 45 pitch, 40 pitch pin, you know, two days before every start anyway. So it's kind of like one of those things where, you know,
0: Last game of the year, you can't really hold nothing back. So um, we was able to make it work, Coach. When you look at just the job he did, West Jones and Coach Sutton, they had still scratched across enough uh, to end the year uh, if Chris Davis doesn't do what he does. Man, incredible uh, two-run shot uh, for the tie. Talk that's your nine-spot hitter, right, Coach? Talk about the bomb he hit.
5: Yeah, so we man, we faced a little sophomore man. I say little, something else probably six four. Um, but he had nine innings coming in on the year and, and he really he really kinda kept us off balance, had a good change up, mixed his breaking ball in well, and kept us off balance and you know, if it wasn't for Chris coming through right there, we'd probably be sent home. Um, but he got a pitch to hit, man, and I kinda had a feeling, I was like, Man, this is the type of guy Chris hits. Um, you know, kind of the the fastball kind of, it was kind of there, uh, and if he left one up, I felt like Chris
0: could turn on one and get it up in that win and that's what he did. I said we we talk about it a lot. Me and you have talked a lot about it with, you, with your guys that do two sports. You certainly knew the moment wasn't gonna be too big for him.
5: No, Chris, actually, man, that environment, man, Coach Sutton and, and Wes West Jones, that environment up there, it's 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 pretty awesome high school baseball environment. Uh, probably one of the best you're gonna see. Um, and they, you know, they're ragging our kids, you know, just like a college game. Um, and Chris actually fed off of it, I think. I think he kind of liked it and helped and it helped him kind of rise to occasion. And he, he, you know, he used it as fuel. He'd catch a ball in center field, you know, mouth something. And then, you know, when he hit the ball, he got to third base and, you know, he let them know. Um, so I think it kind of, he kind of fed off of it. So,
0: coach, those two guys are sophomores. It's been talked about a lot, depending on who you listen to, maybe maybe too much. But your seniors that have hung in there, you've got a guy behind the plate and Sand Landrum who's called I don't know how many innings over uh, the last couple innings. How cool is it from your perspective to see them? And, and the sophomores have got more baseball to play, but to see those seniors and juniors get a chance to advance to the second round. Yeah. Well, I don't have any juniors, Clay. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> that's just a common thing to throw in there, Coach. My yeah. fault. <laughs> well, no, man, I, I told somebody this
5: morning, uh, you know, the, I'm just so happy for these seniors because they've kind of, you know, they've kind of had a short end of the stick type deal as far as their high school career. You know, they started out with six guys, I think, in that group, kind of dwindled down to three. Uh, we had some jun- juniors uh, hang it up. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of odd to have a team with three seniors, no juniors, and, you know, the rest young guys and these guys, you know, they, they took these young guys under their wing. They, they, they stuck together, um, you know, because it's, it's, it's pretty hard because, you know, you, you, you're playing high school baseball and they didn't know none of these kids, you know, when, when they were juniors and these freshmen are coming in. They don't know any of these kids. They've never played with any of these kids. And now, man, they, they've got a relationship, they're friends, they're buddies. Um, and the seniors have done a great job of leading um, you know, and, and, and you know, stay in the course even when things got tough. And you know, guys like Sam Landrum. I mean, honestly, he's probably the MVP of the team. If you had, you know, um, no, he's not leading us in any offensive category or anything like that. But I mean, you know, day in and day out, he's he's gonna catch. He, and he's gonna he's gonna work the pitchers, and um, he ain't gonna let much by him. He's a good catch and throw guy. Um, you gotta have that if you're gonna be successful. And then, man, the, the plays that Trenton Watts made last night, I'm telling you, he, I, wish, I wish you could have seen. I mean, he he, he was over there with a the glove, using the glove work. We work on glove work every day, and he's really bought into it. And then Dawson, man, you know, he gives you so much. He he may play shortstop, he may play outfield, he may pitch. Um, he's a real versatile kid, and, you know, uh, honestly, Numbers-wise, no, but probably one of our best hitters. Um, he's kind of been snake-bit here the past couple of weeks, hitting balls hard right at people. And, you know, he's starting to find the barrel a lot. So, hopefully, he's getting hot going into in the next round. Um, but, man, yeah, those guys can't say enough about them just because of, you know, the things they've
0: had to deal with, COVID and all that. So, um, it, I'm glad they're, they're tasting some success now. Coach, I was out here. We did this. Man, it seems like yesterday, really, for the the – preseason preview uh, episode and the two guys when i left just watching y'all take infield was jamie lumpkin and watts like I, I thought man these kids have a chance to be a difference maker you've talked about watts lumpkin and the way that he's produced you've, you've made a lineup adjustment and how that's kind of sparked your club
5: yeah um jamie man he he didn't play football over the fall and he came to us and said hey i want to play and you know he worked his tail off this fall Um, He got he's pound for pound he might be one of the stronger kids on the team. Um, He 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 worked hitting. I mean he hit every day this fall, um, and he's really grown man. He's he's really a freak athlete. Like you you looking at him you're not real sure he'll he'll run out here do a cartwheel and backflip just boom. Um, So he he he, he's really bought into what we're doing. Um, There there's some times you know there's some growing pains where you got to kind of get on him a little bit because he does get down on himself still young and immature in some ways. Um, and we talked to him about that, but man, he he makes us so much better. Um, and I told the team that the other day, I mean, you know, with him and Kyler in the middle, man, you got to have a strong middle, Sam, Kyler, Jamie. I mean, those kids are growing right before our eyes, man. That you know, just now they're starting to play, they played 30 something baseball games now. And they're starting to figure it out. And Jamie got kind of hot there for a little while, so we, we bumped him up at the top. And, man, he's kind of thrived in that leadoff spot and kind of gave us another little spark here late in the
0: season. Um, so I, it's just exciting and fun to watch these kids grow. Coach, you talk about the lineup change. You had a kid batting leadoff for the majority of the year, I'd say, that was in the ninth grade. And he's going – you talk about – he's not really a ninth grader at this point. He's played so many b- baseball games we could lump him – As a sophomore, Cooper Moreau, how cool has it been able to see? Maybe not exactly the year that he would want to have at the plate, but I don't know how old he is, Coach, but a ninth grader being able to uh, plug into a team that's going to advance to the second round, and he's a good hitter. Absolutely, and, you know,
5: uh, I'm just going to say, you know, when we we start the season off, I lead a ninth grader off. You know, I already got a young team, and I lead a ninth grader off, and I heard it. You know, I heard some people, some 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 people. You know, but I knew, you know, what he was he could bring. And you know, he he early in the year, you know, he, the hits were coming here and there, but it was the work and the counts, man. He was on base. It seemed like he was on base two, three times a game early in the year. And you know, so he really thrived there for a little while. He kind of hit a little lull, started scuffling a little bit. Had some other guys swinging a little better, so we jumbled it up. Moving down there to the seven spot, man, and he had a great series this past past uh, weekend, man. He I think he had two, three hits, um, a big RBI knock in the first uh, or the first game, you know. Um, and so you put him down there, and you know he, he's starting to thrive a little bit down there. So hopefully, the way it is now that they, they kind of get comfortable where they're at, and we can keep keep the run going.
0: Coach, when you look at it, I had the pleasure to be out here on Saturday night. The atmosphere was great. That was a big win. Uh, you're getting no-no through, I think, at least maybe through. Yeah, okay, for a while there. And uh, Kurt's Corner down there, mm-hmm. the nerves were high. But I looked around at one point. You had Ernie Landrum, who was a great catcher here. You had Cody Stegner, who was a, a great catcher and, of course, a, a football player. Uh, he was a part of that state championship team. You had him leaning next to. Uh, Richard M. Hoff, Donnie Keller, three guys that were on that state title team, and the alumni the support. How cool was that? Oh man, it's awesome. You know, Kurt,
5: Kurt down there has kind of got his own little thing going down there, and uh, the the alumni are starting to buy into it. Parents are starting to buy into it, um, and you know that's a big thing. You know, for a program, uh, having the support of former players. You know, and even the guys that can't be here, I mean, Rob Ford texts me, John Dobson texts me, um, you know, those guys, Ronnie Reynolds, they, they, you know, they're, they're invested in this place and, you know, so it, it, makes you want to work hard and makes you want to succeed and give them some, a product to be proud of. Um, So when when we, when we win a game like that, you know, come from behind down four and come from behind and they're here to see it, you know, it, it, it. It's a cool thing because, I mean, they, they were just as happy as anybody. I mean, you know, win, lose, draw, they, they feel it just like we all do. So um, hopefully the environment, you know, is going to just continue to grow, uh, and I think it will. Um, we've kind of got a good thing going, regardless of what some people might say. But, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people are interested in picking baseball now. Uh, you know, we're trying to – you know, Cody started a good thing, man. You know, we started winning again and – you know, last year, you know, we struggled, we struggled again this year a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I think people are starting to see. You know, things are coming. Things we're we're getting better, and things are coming. And hopefully, the atmosphere stays and the the, the
0: excitement will stay. You brought up Rob and your answer there. We'll go right to uh, his dad and Bob Ford, and <laughs> just looking at uh, some of your social media stuff today and remembering uh, Big Bob what that what that series win with a meant to him i'm gonna I, I think rob loves me enough i can kind of refer to him as people that don't know who i'm talking to like statewide or mm-hmm. our folks that are, are not from here i best describe him as like a grumpy yoga bear would you kind of give us that Evan? that's and, perfect and, he, he'd be
5: in the boat with grumpy old men <laughs> you know what i mean he'd be he'd be fishing with them
0: ah, um but how much would that have meant to him to see the way y'all battled and, and then won that one night on saturday go into a, a tough place and take one Yeah, man, you know, Bob, he,
5: he, he holds a special place, you know, in my heart and, you know, this place, you know, I can't walk out here without thinking about him, you know, from the moment I walked out of here or walked out here in the seventh grade and Bob was here to the time I graduated, you know, I don't know if there was ever an at bat that I didn't go up to the plate where he didn't talk to me before I went up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so he he holds a special place and it's funny because I I put that on, on Twitter (laughs) today, but I walked in the locker room yesterday, and I don't know who wrote it. I don't know if it was Alex Reiser, or Jared Bell. I don't know. I got to find out who who wrote this. But oh, I missed
0: Jared in the lounge, though. Yeah. He, he'd probably listen and say, "Dad, come on, man. Yeah. I know them boys were better than me." <laughs> so there's Jared Bell's, and we got him in the oh, lounge as well. Yeah.
5: I mean, it's just you know he knows, man. It's a brotherhood thing. But like, <clears throat> I walk in the dang locker room, and on the, on my board above my desk, it says, "No bones and ice cream." <laughs> Yeah. and quotation marks. I'm like, who wrote that? <laughs> so Remo walks in. I'm like, man, it got me fired up, man. Yeah. And he said, I didn't write that. <laughs> I'm like, well, who the heck wrote it? And I, he said, I thought you wrote it. And I was like, I didn't write it. So um, I don't, still don't know who wrote yeah. it, but Bob, you know, he had his little saying, no bones and ice cream. Son. So, man, I, I saw that, and I'm not going to lie, I had a little moment to myself. I talked to, I talked to Coach Bob for a minute, and mm-hmm. we, we, we was about to go play a big game, <laughs> one of the biggest games we've played in a while. And, I, you know, I just said, Bobby Lee, if you're there, man,
0: Help us. <laughs> Help. Yeah. Well, look, I guess Brady probably would call Bob uncle. And yeah. the way he hung in on Saturday, mm-hmm. maybe not his best stuff against a tough lineup, gave you a chance late, though. And then Kyler came in and did, did what he does. But talk about the development of Brady and, and what he's meant to this team. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, Brady. I mean, honestly, coming into it, you're thinking he's going to throw on Saturdays,
5: you know. Um, but he ended up... I mean, we wouldn't be where we're at without Brady. Um, ended up being a dude a lot of times. And, you know, Saturday, no, he didn't have his best stuff, but he's so good that even when he doesn't have his best stuff, he can keep you in games. We should have made a few plays behind him. Um, a couple things happened there. But, you know, he competed his tail off and gave, kept us in the game. And like you said, Kyler came in and shut, shut the door. But, man, Brady, honestly, the sky's the limit for Brady. Um, he's just, you know, I think he knows now that, you know, to have your best stuff day in and day out, you've got to continue to work, um, not get complacent, and continue to, to work because that's what, that's what got him there. That's what got the no-hitter this year. That's what got him, you know, his success um, early. Uh, he, the kid worked his tail off, and, you know, he knows now that, you know, you can't that you can't really take off days, especially during the season. So, um, I'm looking for big things from him, man. He's, he, he, the sky's the limit.
0: Coach, I'd be remiss seeing Richard the other night and then watching Kyler play. I mean, that's a pretty shortstop he plays, and then come in and close it. You you have flashbacks. I think it's maybe a little premature to say, uh, and Richard get a kick out of IU second coming there. I'm not going to do that. I Don't won't allow that. him to Don't do that. that. But to put those kind of expectations, yeah. I think people kind of forget exactly how good Imhoff was, but – Boy, there were shades of it to see him play that shortstop and then rely on him to close it out. How good is he, and what's the – maybe the sky's got to be the limit, right?
5: Oh, yeah, man. He's um, – every coach we play, they come to me and they're like, who's that? <laughs> um, you know, he's starting to open some eyes. You know, he he's growing too, man. Like, you know, last year, if he, you know, struck out, popped out his first at bat, he might be done for the whole game. Now he's kind of – he, he sees the big picture. He's leading um, no matter what happens. I'm almost not too, too high, too low. He's kind of uh, competing every pitch now, growing before our eyes, you know. And, you know, me and Richard, after Saturday, he come over to the house, and we were sitting there talking about him. Of course, Richard, you know, he's uh, – we got to do this, we got to do that. And, you know, but – if Richard sees it. I mean, mm. he, see, he sees how great, you know, he can be, um, and he, honestly, he's excited about it. Um, he, he's, he's interested in, you know, kind of getting his hands on him a little bit, too, so um, those two guys, man, you know, if he can be what Richard was, shoot, I mean, uh, we'll take it, but I'm hoping he's better, so I can just rub it in, you know, Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but I think Richard is, too, so, um, but the sky's the limit for
0: that kid. I mean, uh, he just gets better every day. Coach, the way that Kraft has played over at first base and then the way he's hit the baseball, uh, uh, I know maybe I, I didn't check Max preps, but probably the most consistent, I think, hitter throughout with solid, good contact, Morgan Kraft, and the way he's handled himself in his sophomore year.
5: Yeah, man, look, first base was a point of emphasis coming into this year. I needed a, I needed a be, to be better, better defensively. And I drilled him. I mean, we we drilled. I mean, we went Ron Washington on him. <laughs> I mean, we we drilled him, drilled him, drilled him, and he has made some plays over there that has saved ball games, uh, even last night. Um, you know, so he he's he's gotten so much better over there, uh, kind of a difference maker, honestly. Um, and then with the Batman, for the first you know four or five weeks, he carried us. Um, you know, we were scuffling as a team here and there, and then he he kind of carried us, and then he kind of went through a little lull. Um, but the thing with him is he always is going to give you a good at bat. I mean, uh, even when he, the hits aren't coming, the bats are good and, um, he, he's competing, uh, he, he wants to win, um, and he's, he's bought into what we're doing. So, um, I look for big things from him in the future as well.
0: Coach, I think we've hit on, uh, the majority of our contributors out here. I'm sorry if we've missed some, but let's look at South Jones and, um, what you have next in the second round. Yeah, um.
5: You know, I really ain't got a good scouting report on them yet. Um, I know they got a couple good arms um, and I know they're going to be coached well. Coach Rogers does a great job uh, year in and year out. there in the playoffs, they're in the thick of things. So, you know, they're going to be coached well, uh, fundamentally sound, uh, but you know, Honestly, you know, the way I, I attack things, you know, we, we play against the game and if, I, th- I believe if we execute our pitches. We play good defense and we grind out our bats. We're going to be in the mix. You know, and when, when the dust settles, we're going to have a good shot at winning. Um, so that's kind of the way I approach it. You know, um, of course, you know, you want to get a good idea. I know I know they got a couple guys at the top that can swing it. But um, I think if we can control what we can control and and play the game the way we want to play it, uh, control the game, uh, we got a good shot. Um, It's going to be a tough test. It's a good baseball team. But, uh, you know, our kids are starting to believe a little
4: bit, man. It's going to be fun.
0: Coach, thank you for your time.
4: How do you unwind? Whether it's hunting, riding horses, or just sitting around a campfire, it's better on land you own. Southern Ag Credit can finance that land. Give our Gulf Port office a call at 228-832-5582 or visit us online at southernagcredit.com
0: We're now excited to be joined by Coach Davis from Summerall. Coach Davis, thanks for taking time for the podcast. Yes, sir.
7: Glad to to be here. Glad to to answer
8: some
0: questions about our program coach let's get right into the program currently 27 and 0 on the year um, ranked top five if you look at uh, some of the national polls just an incredible year on the field uh, for your bobcats
8: yes sir yes sir
0: coach i say on the field it's, it's it's been a tough year off the field and that's that's really an understatement when you look at what what the program and in particular the Dito family has been through in your community. I'm sure the listeners in the Pine Belt and in South Mississippi are very familiar with the story, but would you give us a, a little grace and kind of walk us through um, what that family and what your club's been through off the field?
8: Uh, yes, sir, most definitely. You know, it, uh, you know the Ditos, uh, it's, it's like a household name here in Summerall, of course, already uh, you know, Cade Cade was a, a star on the football field or is a star on the football field and uh you know Camden was a cheerleader and uh you know just uh, school spirit, uh, you know, they were the, the Dito family was steadily, you know, uh big time booster members and things like that, of course still are, but uh you know, the you know, that day in February we were we were practicing that day and uh you know, when the accident happened and it uh you know, it shook the community pretty good. Obviously, you know, it shook the, the senior class, the cheerleaders. Uh, of course, our baseball team. You know, I mean, uh, as a coach, I've never had to to really deal with with anything like that. Thank goodness. Uh, but you know, this senior class, I've got sixteen seniors, wow. and uh, they were they were already close. And I, and I mean, I know, I know you just was probably like, "Whoa, well, you know, sixteen seniors," but uh, definitely sixteen seniors. And and this has made us even closer. Uh, you know, the outpouring of love that other teams have shown, um, uh, it, it, I sit back and think about what teams have done, uh, that we've played, you know, and, and it come from, and you know, I'm not even going to throw out a bitter rival, but I mean, you know, rival teams, uh, things that they do and have done for the Dito family, uh, has been, you know, awesome. Uh, you know, the, the week that the accident happened, uh, we were supposed to go up there and play Northwest Rankin and, uh, in their tournament and our Friday game, uh, we went ahead and postponed that. And, uh, I went and visited with the family just to see what we needed to do for the Saturday game. We were going to play at Germantown and, uh, they were, they were adamant. They were like, look, we we need to, we, we want y'all to play. You know, we were, the funeral is going to be Monday, Tuesday. We want y'all to play. Uh, we want to be there and, and little Germantown's coaches and Germantown community, you know, rolled out the carpet for us and, uh, you know, had a had a great pregame ceremony, and you know, really since then, I mean, we've just kind of you know been in, embracing the love, and they've been you know, I know the mom, she is, uh, she's talked to me, she wants to play a game every night, mm. you know, that way, you know, that way the, it could just take their mind off things, sure. it could be a, an, uh, you know, an outlet, uh, you know, and I tell you what, man, you know, Cade, Cade's a kid that uh, I'm not gonna just throw out shy. Uh, but you know he's just uh he he's a quiet kid he doesn't say a whole lot uh but he's one of the senior favorites you know he's just a, he's an awesome all around boy and uh you know since the accident man i mean he's been batting well over 500 close to 600 and uh you know he attributes that to just kind of you know there's more to it than baseball you know i mean there's uh you know he lost his twin sister and uh He goes out and and plays relaxed, and, you know, I still mess with him and pick with him and things like that, you know, but uh, it's how he's handled it. I I can't imagine what goes on inside of him, Uh, and we love on him and this community, you know, the community loves baseball already, but uh, for what they've done for the family and just the love and the the color green, you know, I'm from Taylorsville, so uh, her favorite color was green, and Mm. so we have – you know, some, some are all baseball shirts that are green and uh, some signs that are green. So it's just, uh, it's, it's been good, even though it's been a bad situation.
0: Coach, when I looked at uh, Cade, uh, just to give a, a shout out to Kendall Duncan and the the work that she did for WDAM, I implore our listeners to go check that out and just an incredible piece. But to see to see the composure that that Kate had during that interview, I I had a sister that was taken from me at a at an age that was pretty similar to him due to to sickness, and I, man, yeah, I just marveled okay. at the kid's composure. It was unbelievable.
8: Yeah, you know, he, uh, I stood off uh, where I I didn't want to to stand by him or anything like that to try to make him nervous or whatever, but that was you know, all the Facebook posts and, and things, everybody talked about, wow, you know, what the interview that he gave, and like you said, the composure, I mean, but that's him, you know, I mean, uh, he's just, uh, it's, it's hard to put into words, you know, I mean, he's uh, he's a kid, it's like, uh, I'm not going to say he has ice water in his veins, you know, because you don't want to throw that out there, but he's just, like you said, the composure with him, uh, I mean, he's our leadoff hitter, Uh you know, normally a leadoff hitter is supposed to take pitches and things like that, but, but we give him full reign. You know, if he thinks he can hit the first pitch, then let it go. You know I mean?
0: Well, Coach, he's, uh, he's on half the time anyway, isn't he? He is. He is. <laughs> and, look, he's the,
3: he's the fastest kid at our school. And, uh, man, gracious. he can run, you know. And I've heard other,
8: other you know, dugouts, like, don't let him get on base, you know, mm. and uh, because pretty much we're going to steal one of the first two pitches. Uh because mathematically, whether the pitcher can get it there and the catcher can get it the second, it's
0: all, he's hard to throw out. Coach, the numbers that y'all have put up are are really unbelievable. I, I as, as knowing coaches, you're probably cringing like, "Hey, please don't let this guy run out these numbers." But uh, y'all have scored 267 runs that I have here against just 43 on the year, so. You don't have to be great at math through 27 ball games, y'all, was ERA <laughs> right around 1 and a team batting average coach over 350. I know we visited, I guess it was a year ago, and y'all had some gaudy numbers at that uh, time too, coach. What what did you what did you and maybe your club learn from coming just short? Like last year was an incredible year. I think you would agree with that, but came short to where where y'all wanted to be, what did y'all learn from that experience, Coach?
8: You know, we uh, definitely came up short. You know, and I mean, I'm I'm not taking anything away from West Lauderdale. You know, West Lauderdale, uh, who beat us last year at state, unbelievable ball team, unbelievable coaching staff. Uh, you know, when you walk into Trustmark. Uh, it's a whole different monster. You know, not only are you playing the the opposing team, but you're playing the the big dimensions. You're playing the the big backstop. You're playing against the bigger crowds. Uh, You know, in that game, we hit balls that would have, I think, would have been base hits. Obviously, they probably did too. But, I mean, a big ballpark, uh, you know, took some hits away from us. uh, and, And, honestly, last year we were not a big offensive ball team. Uh, we we had to bunt a lot. We had to steal bases a lot. Uh, whereas this year we've uh, we've honestly have ex- 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 exceeded expectations with with our hitting. You know, I mean, we've been we have hit pretty good all year. Uh, you know, what I mean, and losing the state championship. You know, you set goals and you want to win the state championship. And uh, you know, last year, uh, you know, the cross throwing game one, uh, we thought we had a. Uh, a great shot to to win that game, and we're, le- we're you know was leading most of the game, and uh, to lose that one with our ace on the mound uh, probably took a lot out of us. Uh, but also, you know, we won South State, and then pretty much had to sit off two weeks uh, mm-hmm. to play for State, and, and and that was hard. I mean, it's hard on teenager anyway, and I mean they've already graduated; uh, they see their buddies going on senior trips. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, I'm not blaming all that or anything, but. For us to lose last year has definitely lit a fire this year. Uh, you know, obviously we didn't set a goal of being undefeated uh, at, at our pre you know pre practice meeting or anything. You know, you want to win division, you want to go to the playoffs, uh, and you want to win the state championship. You know, and I mean uh, that's that's been a goal of ours. You know, since we lost, and and if you go in our locker room right now, there's probably twelve or fifteen uh, silver medals hanging in the locker. Uh, for them to remember Hmm. what it felt like being second, you know, and I mean, uh, I I want them to remember it. I want them to remember how it felt, you know, when it gets, when, you know, if and hopefully we was to get there again.
0: Coach, you talk about the dimensions of the ballpark. Scheduling can be tricky, especially when you're toting a club like you are, Uh, a a 4A team that nobody really uh, wants to lose to, but they, they look at the odds and say that's a very good possibility, but, I guess the question I'm trying to get to is, are there some scheduling that you can do where your club can kind of see that type of park? And have y'all been able to do that?
8: We, uh, we actually have tried. Uh, I tell you what, Green County's coach, uh, this was at the very beginning of the season. We had a, uh, a I guess it's called like a classic tournament and uh, we played Van Cleave at MGM park there down in Biloxi. And uh, that was Real awesome. Uh, Great atmosphere, great field. Uh, It allowed us to, you know, be on a bigger field. Uh, You know, we honestly try to schedule Hattiesburg High. Uh, You know, their field is very, very, very big. Uh, This year, you know, they actually came here instead of us going there. Uh, But we do, you know, um, know, after you win South State, you have a few days. Uh, We'll try to go to William Carey. We'll try to go to USC Elmer Jones College or Pearl River. Uh, to practice at some of those big fields just to work on, uh, uh, you know, tandem relays, double cuts, Mm. uh, uh, catcher finding the ball at the backstop, you know, little things that you might not get at a smaller field, you know. I mean, our backstop is, man, it's only like 10 feet away, you know, so we're not getting any help from that. Uh, But I I do try to, you know, hopefully, you know, get on some bigger fields uh, because it does make a difference.
0: Coach, when you look at the years that y'all have been able to put together, and you've already mentioned the support, but, man, just seeing some of the pictures, some of the videos uh, from y'all's games, it's incredible, is it not? I mean, it's just a picture, and I think we talked about this the last time that you were on, but I wanted to, to revisit it. It's a picture of what any level of baseball should really look like, but it certainly makes South Mississippi proud, some of the images coming out of are all in a way the games being supported there
8: oh yeah man it's uh you know just like today you know we if i go if i go to a local grocery store and get some lunch you know i'll steadily get stopped you know go <laughs> to your pitch coach what time's the game uh you know we'll have at, at some of our practices we'll have 10 15 you know people from the community to come watch us practice and that's stuff you see from you know on tv on uh, you know the the baseball movies or whatever, hmm. uh, but they come out, you know, and and they watch, uh, and a, and a lot of, I'm, I'm willing to say more than half our our fan base doesn't have any kids or anybody involved. Uh, they love the atmosphere. They 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 love the boys. Uh, I mean, it's just. Uh, I mean, against Purvis, you know, we played them in division. Uh, on that friday and, and it was standing room only you know uh, last year we played stone and it was standing room only uh and i mean that's my guys know that you know they they, they realize that's an advantage that we have uh you know because i mean a team strolls in and matter of fact i mean an hour before the game and our stands are packed
0: <laughs> you know what i mean awesome. that
8: has to be intimidating i know sure. that would intimidate me if you know if i came here but uh I owe it to the fan base here and to the people here in Summerall. I mean, it's a small town, uh, but they love their baseball, you know. I mean, I'm just uh, honored to be a part of it, you know, to be honest with you.
0: Coach, when you look at this team, I know you've got some guys that certainly going to go on and, and play at the next level. Are there some guys that uh, maybe as you're getting to watch them work every day, I know we've got some uh, junior college coaches that, that listen in to the program. I'm assuming we have some Division One coaches. or there some guys that you would maybe say, hey, this guy's flying under the radar a bit, and I'm not uh, sure why. Um, some guys maybe you'd want to highlight.
8: Man, I tell you what, that's a, that's a great plug because, you know, we mentioned Kate Dito earlier. You know, he's a kid that uh, signed the Juco uh, football scholarship at Colen. Uh He's a wide receiver. Like I said, he's the fastest kid in our school. Uh, can catch a football, can run a fade route. Uh, and, you know, he signed Irving, uh in the fall. Well, then here you know, here baseball season he is, and he's batting close to 500. Uh, he's one of the top kids in the nation with stolen bases. He's one of the top kids in the nation in run scored. Even though he's leadoff, he's one of the top kids in the nation in RBIs. Wow. Uh, but he's not really, you know, there's some teams that are, have talked to me about him, but with him already, you know, signing the scholarships totally in to play football, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I guess you could say the, he's got to get released and, you know, of course, totally football don't want to lose him. Sure. Uh, you know, he has to get released. And then, uh, there's a discrepancy somehow with like, if he was to try to play baseball with co like I've talked to, uh, uh, to baseball coach, you know, and we've, uh, we visited on, on that subject, you know, and I mean, it's just, uh, you know, he's a, he's a very good baseball player. Uh, you know and I mean? Uh, after him, uh, I tell you what, you know, Bryson Smith is a kid that's come along, uh, towards the end of this season, pitching wise. Uh, South, he's actually going to sign with Southwest uh, Community College today. Uh, you know, he's, he's a mid-80s pitcher with probably the best curveball on our team. It's, it's an unbelievable breaking ball. Uh, upper 70s. Uh, he's got a fresh arm. He's just a, he's a kid that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, Marshall Phillips is our shortstop pitcher. I mean, he can run it up there, up 80s, and maybe touch 90. Uh, he's going to Pearl River. Uh, he's a key. You know, obviously, you think about Division One teams or whatever, but then you have, you know, Pearl River who is uh
0: <laughs> a, a, It's almost the great same as a Niko. I mean, I'm yeah, a friend of yeah. Avalon, so that's a <laughs> probably a shameless plug for the Wildcats, but there's not a whole okay, lot of I difference there, is it?
8: No, no, and I mean – you know, if, if Marshall was my kid, I would be like, look, Pearl River wants you, then that's a great, you know, uh, a great program to, to play for. I mean, they're steadily pumping out kids to Division One. I. I mean, I saw the Talbert kid uh, has committed yeah. to Ole Miss. I saw yeah. that yesterday, you know. So, I mean, even though, you know, nowadays the routes are – honestly is to go to JUCO and then, and then go to D1 after that, uh, you know, and, and uh, Andrew Knight, Coach Knight's son, is going to Pearl River. Uh, Levi Odom is going to Gulf Coast. So really, there's, those are my four pitchers. They're all signed Stuco, you know. And I mean, uh, That's awesome. I, you know, I have other seniors too uh, that you know are, would would love to play places, uh, you know, and some of them's looking around and things like that, you know. And and, and hopefully some walk on positions could come about. Uh, but you know, I know the numbers out there are you know scholarships and crunch you know number crunch and things you know that's what i tell my guys that they need to do good academically too because you know that could it could save them and get
0: them on a team somewhere coaching you you mentioned arm there and this i'll get you out on this one but you mentioned an arm there and and i I missed his name but um coming on kind of late maybe probably not to y'all out of nowhere but how much does that does that help a staff to have a guy that maybe you weren't banking on so much and then just really uh, develop and be something his junior or senior year?
8: Yeah, it's uh, Bryson Smith is who it is. He actually uh, was a kicker on the football team and uh, you know, could, act, you know, could boot 50-yard field goals and things like that. And, and really, we all thought that he was going to sign uh, to kick somewhere in college. And, uh, but he's always you – know, he's not a big kid, but he has those fast-twitch muscles. And he's always been able to throw hard. He's always had a rubber arm. He's always had a good breaking ball. But it would be where we just couldn't get him to throw strikes. And then something this year has clicked. I mean, he's thrown you know, maybe 30 innings. Hasn't walked many batters at all. Uh, and it's probably – it's really averaging like two strikeouts an in inning. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like I told those colleges. I was like, he, he's he got a fresh arm because, you know, we haven't used him much. And, uh He kind of popped out of nowhere. and I mean, he's a kid that could easily start game one or game two for us. Uh, And, I mean, I even hate throwing out, okay, he's our ace and he's our number two and number 30. It's like I have a a 1A, a 1B, a 1C, and a 1D. (laughs) Well,
0: that makes it nice in these three-game sets, huh, Coach?
8: It does. It does. You know, and I'm very, very fortunate.
0: Coach, we wish you continued success, and we appreciate you coming back on the program. We always uh, value your time and insight, so continued luck there and with the Bobcats.
8: Yes, sir, thank you. Thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for uh, wishing us luck, and everybody out there just uh, you know, keep, keep us in mind, pray for us, and we would, uh, maybe we can make it to state again.
0: Will do, Coach, thank you. Johnson Farms and Meat Market where can you find a full-service butcher shop that carries only the finest beef from mississippi farm-raised corn-fed cattle why that would be johnson farms and meat market in picayune shop at johnsonfarms.com or stop in at the corner of highway 11 and north hall and picayune johnson farms and meat market where quality beef begins we are now joined once again by the co-editor and national writer for d1 baseball aaron fit aaron thanks for taking time for the podcast
2: my pleasure good to be with you
0: aaron last time we visited was back in the fall you were fresh off a a, a road trip through mississippi and got a chance to see southern miss mississippi state and also old miss a lot has really kind of changed since then let's start with the good news let's start with southern miss and and give us your thoughts on, on how this year has played out for the Number four-ranked Golden Eagles.
2: Yeah, well, you just said it. Number four-ranked Golden Eagles. How about that? <laughs> uh, this was a team, if you recall, in the fall that I was, I was high on. You know, I liked their team a lot. I thought they should have been in our preseason top 25. I made that argument in the preseason, and I didn't win it. Uh, I wish I had because they really you know, are having a great season. It's a really good club. Um, the thing that stands out is the pitching. I mean, well, I mean, there's a lot of things that stand out, but the pitching really does. You know, you lose... Hunter Stanley, and Walker Powell, and Ryan and and you think, well, you know, they have the pieces to replace those because they're the three really good arms, their most important pitchers last year. Uh, but they have the depth, I and mean, we talked about that in the fall. It's is a deep pitching staff. It's just a matter of which guys would settle into those roles. And and boy, I mean, between Tanner Hall and, and Hunter Reagan and and you got a first round talent on Sundays and Hurston Waldriff. I mean, that's nuts. That's a really good rotation. There's, there's plenty of depth and variety and and, and stuff in the bullpen. So, I mean, their pitching, I think, just gives them a chance to beat anybody. And then the lineup is just a lot of old, experienced guys who give you quality at-bats and um, and are winning players and, and you know, solid defenders. And, and then you have a couple of emerging sophomores like Blake Wilkes and Carson Pato in the, in the lineup, guys that have hit for some power. Um, it's a really good combination. It's just all the pieces, I feel like they fit together really well there.
0: Aaron, is it too much to say that that Southern Miss rotation and then the arms out of the pen – uh, would compete against anybody's numbers uh, besides Tennessee's? Is that fair?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Numbers-wise, definitely. And you know, and, and it's not like they don't have stuff too. I mean, now now Riggins and, and Hall, those guys are, are sinker ball guys, but they also, I mean, you know, they can miss bats with the breaking balls, and and, um, and they just really know how to pitch. So maybe it's not going to blow you away with velocity. They're not going to match up with Tennessee's velocity, but uh, when it comes to pitchability. Uh, they've got that, and, and again, Waldrop's got premium stuff uh, there on Sundays. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you're lining up the best pitching staffs in the country, I mean, they're right there in the conversation with, with a, a team like
0: Tennessee. Aaron, when we talk back in the fall, some something that I, I think you do and is smart to do, you, you preference with if they stay healthy. Um, let's start with Mississippi State. Unable to stay healthy, and has that been the story, or do you see more to it than that?
2: that was a big piece of the story you know because it's not just landon sims impact on friday Then that's a big impact by itself but i mean you take away that whatever hundred innings or so that you could expect from him i mean everybody else has to you know absorb that somehow you've got to find those hundred innings somewhere else and so it just kind of trickles down all the way through the pitching staff when you don't have that guy that you expect to be you know your bell cow friday night eighth, and so. It uh, Has taken some time, I think, for for that all to gel for them on the mound. But I think they're in a decent spot right now. You know, with uh, uh, with Brett and Smith, it seems like moving into that Friday job and doing a, a pretty good job last week. And um, you know, that Preston Johnson has been a solid guy for them. I mean, and, and and then and Kate Smith. I mean, you got three three pieces there, and and you know, certainly there's lots of arms in the bullpen. We we always like their pitching depth. Um, so I, I don't know. I think like they're kind of finding their footing. It feels like they're making a run right now. Um, you know, they're, they're not dead. They're sitting here at 8-10 in the league, I believe, and uh, regionals are, are within striking distance. If you look at their remaining schedule, I think right now that they're on track to get in. So um, they probably need to win half their remaining league games, I would say, and, and I think they can do that.
0: How do you see Ole Miss trending, and how surprised yeah. are you at, at where they're trending?
2: Yeah, it is ugly there, and that one I did not see coming at all. You know, and it's not like they could point to an injury like a Landon Sims and say, oh, well, that just derailed our whole season. I mean, they haven't really had that happen to them. They just are underperforming. And and I never would have guessed that, you know, this was a preseason top five team. I never would have guessed that they would be sitting here right now at 6-12 in the SEC, um, you know, coming off, what, three straight series losses. I mean, eh, it's, it's it's ugly right now. And and uh, we'll see what they're made out of, you know. I mean, it's a lot, there's a lot of pride in that dugout, certainly the coaching staff there a long time and knows what they're doing and has the track record and then those players have track record you know especially in the position player side um, that's one reason we were so high on them in the, in the preseason is because you know they had the whole lineup back I and mean, everybody was back and I just I can't really believe um, how much they've scuffled but I, you know I still feel like maybe they'll, they'll make a little run here but right now it doesn't feel like that's imminent it just feels like they're, they're just treading water at, at best
0: and when you look across uh, college baseball, some storylines or some surprises. Uh, I don't. I mean, I think people thought Tennessee was going to be pretty good, right? But are you shocked at exactly how well uh, they've played through this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you're right. Everyone thought they'd be pretty good. They were a preseason top twenty team for us and probably everybody else, but. Uh, for God's sakes, they're what, 37-3? and three? You know, 17-1 <laughs> yeah. and one in, in the SEC. I mean, I'd be shocked by anybody doing that. You know, even if a preseason, you know, top five team like Arkansas were sitting in that position, I would have been shocked because nobody does that. I mean, it's it's, it's bonkers what they've done so far, and especially on top of that, a team that has an entirely new weekend rotation that includes two true freshmen. You know, two freshmen don't just walk into the <laughs> SEC and dominate everybody. You don't see that. Um, and Burns and Beam have done that, and, and of course, Chase Dollinger from... Georgia Southern, I mean, that's a transfer from the Sun Belt. Just made that step up in competition and, and it was awesome for them. Um, and then you lose three quarters of your infield and your starting catcher and just plug new guys in there. So, I mean, there were a lot of questions about them heading into the season. You liked their talent, but there were a lot of, of key pieces they had to replace. And to replace all those guys as successfully as they have and to be having the season that they're having, a really historic season to this point, uh, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling.
0: It truly is. Aaron, when you look at the popularity of the game and the way that it uh... continues to grow, do y'all see that? Am I overestimating that, or do y'all see that uh... with the work that y'all do? Does it just seem to grow every year?
2: Yeah, it really has. I think you know, I think back to when I started doing this in two thousand four, and, and you could hardly watch a, a college baseball game on TV. You know, every once in a while there'd be one on ESPN U or something, but. You know, there wasn't really much streaming to, to speak of, and the streaming that there was was very low quality. Um, so I think a big part of it certainly has been having a lot of games on TV with you know ESPN Plus and all that stuff. Uh, you can get high-quality productions for all these games across the country, and, and big leagues and, and smaller conferences as well. Uh, I think that has really helped the game grow. But you look at just the, the investments that so many programs have made into their facilities and... Um, just in the FCC, of course, but, you know, other leagues as well. There's a lot of nice little kind of mid-major facilities that have popped up in the last 15 years. And I think that's a sign of, of the game's growth. And all that stuff feeds into itself, you know? I mean, you, you make a nice, pleasant ballpark experience. Fans want to go hang out there more, you know? And, um, it, it, it has been cool to see it grow. I definitely agree with you. Year over year, it just feels like it's steadily getting bigger. Not like a meteoric rise. It's just year over year, steady, steady, steady. Uh, and I think that can continue. It's never going to be college football or college basketball, and it doesn't need to be. Uh, I think it's in a really good sweet spot right now, but I do think there's still some more room for growth.
0: Yeah, when you bring up the streaming aspect, and I see, I'm see, i sure y'all see it through you all subscriptions and your uh, click-throughs, you're watching it with your own eyes, so something will tell you where they can see all this, or they going to uh, need us to, to write about it and to read. But The ballpark attendance, like I'm looking at Southern Miss, they started streaming on ESPN Plus this year. It's a tremendous product. Two former players in the booth, a play-by-play guy who who studies as hard as anybody, does a phenomenal job. And then I think when you catch a midweek game or or see a game, it encourages – butts in the seats what have you seen kind of attendance wise uh gates with covid was a little funky but uh, folks going out to yeah. the ballparks to support college baseball
2: yeah it's been it's been strong i mean i think there are a lot of people that they really missed being able to go to games in person during the pandemic of course for you know for a lot of places it was reduced capacity or even no capacity around the country at different spots um, and so to have have the game back, it feels like it has returned strong. You know, last year, I thought the attendance was good, and, and certainly everywhere I've been this year. I mean, I was at Mercer versus Wofford this past weekend, kind of a fun little mid-major matchup. They had great crowds there in Macon, Georgia, you know, for uh, for this big SoCon battle. And, uh, you know, that was cool to see. I mean, you, you expect to see big crowds when you're in Starkville or, you know, Oxford or Hattiesburg. But in Macon, I didn't I didn't know what to expect. And they got a nice little facility, you know, for, for the size of their program. It's, it's nothing... Nothing that anyone in the state of Mississippi would be too impressed with, but, like, for the size of their program, it's, it's nice. You know, they've, they've invested some money into it, and it's got a great game-day atmosphere. And there's just so many examples of programs like that around the country where, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be larger than life, but it's just a, just a quality product, and, and I think that goes a long way.
0: I saw you found some barbecue uh, in your travels over that way as well. Yeah.
2: Oh, always! Everywhere I go, I look for the best barbecue local spots, and be able to find some good ones over the years. So, yeah, that's a that's, that's definitely a hobby of mine.
0: So, Aaron, where where's your next uh, trip, or what? I know y'all put out a podcast, I guess, uh, last night. What what are you working on now, and what's your next road trip? Yeah,
2: I've got two really fun trips coming up. I'm be in Charlottesville this weekend for. Uh, number seven, Virginia Tech is, is taking on number 11, UVA, and a great rivalry matchup that has actual meaning this year, which is fun. And the following week, I'm heading out to Corvallis for, uh, Oregon, Oregon State. The Civil War, always a lot of fun, and, and both teams having good years. So, look forward to those two weekends. And right now, working on a story on, on Sonny Deshara for, for our Golden Spike Spotlight, mm-hmm. the Auburn Slugger having an incredible season. It's been a neat story, so. Uh, that'll be up this week, too. But there's so much going on at D1 Baseball. You know, we've got regional projections and the Nerdcast coming again tomorrow and lots of stories. And, uh, you know, of course, you got the scoreboard. So check us out at D1Baseball.com.
0: Thank you, Aaron. Have safe travels, man, and continue to produce great
2: work. Thank you. Good, good talking with you as always.
3: With fall and cooler weather just around the corner, there's no better time to head out to Brothers in Arms. It's Hattiesburg's premier outdoor gun range. It is located at 4657 Highway 49 South. Whether you're a new shooter or an experienced one, all are invited to shoot on the safe and family-oriented range. Go check them out and inquire about their annual memberships, hourly rates, as well as their training classes they offer. Once again, that's Brothers in Arms Outdoor Range at 4657 Highway 49 South in Hattiesburg. And remember, always keep your sights pointed downrange. We are now excited to be joined by the voice of the New Orleans Pelicans,
0: Todd Graffinini. Todd, thanks for taking time. What a win last night.
7: Yeah, Clay, uh, it's it's a whirlwind, headed to Phoenix in a little bit, so just uh, we're on uh, we're on pure adrenaline right now, and uh, it's it's really unbelievable that uh, this series now is the best two of three. I mean, who would have ever believed it about a month and a half ago?
0: Incredible stuff, Todd. You talk about the adrenaline, if you would, give our listeners kind of a feel for the city and then inside the blender, um, just got to be special stuff.
7: Yeah, we knew going into the weekend that uh, it was going to be one of those weekends that New Orleans lives for. I mean, we are an event town, and if you think about what went on this past weekend with the, with the two playoff games, the Zurich Classic out of the TPC Louisiana, we had French Quarter Fest going on um Tulane had its graduation I mean there was so much happening in this city we were blessed with perfect weather and you know the fans came out uh, all weekend long and I know Friday was a little disappointing but you got to tip your cap to the Suns uh, Chris Paul especially just took that fourth quarter over it was anybody's game and then last night I literally Clay have gotten three texts going back to last night that uh told me that that was the greatest sporting event they had ever been in, wow. or, or been a part of, with people that were in the building that night. Um, so yeah, I mean, that that kind of gives you a, a little taste of what it's been like in that arena the last uh, two days with fr- Friday night and then last night. Um, it's been something, and we now know we are guaranteed we're going to do it again on, on Thursday for a game six at the Smoothie King Center in you know how big is that going to game? Is that game going to be when you're talking about a trying to stave elimination off or b trying to win a series? I mean, that's what it's come down to. It's 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 pretty awesome.
0: Ty, when you look back, me and you visited back in mid December, and you were on the defense that Jones was going to be able to provide uh, even early on in the season, just seeing him in the preseason and those first few ball games, but mercy man can he defend at such a high level and how cool is that to be able to kind of put that on a national stage and for people to be able to see him defend and then bi step up the way that he has
7: yeah no clay you're exactly right and again it's uh, i thought my partner john DeShazer had a great kind of line last night when you know as the, the the clock was winding down and you knew this thing was gonna uh be over and we're gonna take it back to Phoenix two games apiece. And, you know, it's almost like you we're proud parents watching <laughs> watching your kids grow up right before your eyes because <laughs> you're exactly right. I mean, we we were there, you know, in December when, you know, you had guys playing hard. We just, we didn't have the firepower night in and night out to match the teams that we were playing for the most part. I mean, we, we would get sporadic wins here and there, but, but nothing like we're seeing right now. And. You know, her look, they put, they, they coined the phrase not on her" in Nashville. I mean, before <laughs> training camp even started. So this has been going on since, you know, late September, early October, with, what this kid has been doing. And, you know, last night, and I know I'm going to screw this up, but uh, when I was on my way home and I was listening to our postgame show on our flagship, uh, Daniel Salish, who does such a great job for us, mentioned a stat that, and again, I'm going to screw this up, but that's the first time in however many years that uh, a a player has blocked three three three-point attempts in a game, uh, which is exactly what Herb Jones did last night. I mean, I've never seen anything like it, and obviously nobody has for a very long time. But, I mean, for him to close out, you know, guarding one guy and then sprint to a corner and be able to block a a three-point attempt and not only do it once or twice, but three times, it's, it's just it's un, it's unbelievable. And, and, again, you just have to shake your head that this guy was a 35th pick in the draft and lasted to the second round because I'm telling you, we got the steal of the draft. There's no question about it. He is the steal of last year's draft. And, oh, by the way, the two other rookies are, are playing pretty well also in Trey Murphy and the undrafted Jose Alvarado, if you can believe that.
0: And what a fan favorite. Just to see the way that thing has grown and taken off and and the way it's it's really cool, right, Todd, to sit sit where you're seeing and and a player feed off the crowd, and then the crowd feel a feed off a player. That's gotta be special.
7: Yeah, I know. He's 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 the energizer bunny, man. He's not stopping. And I mean, he got he got in Chris Paul's grill last night so much so that Chris Paul just you saw him lose his cool, and he does not do that very often. But, I mean, Jose had Chris Paul rattled. I mean, look, Herb had Chris Paul rattled, too, so much so that he whacked him on top of the head <laughs> yeah. uh, going in for a layup. I mean, hey, <laughs> Chris Paul has been an instigator himself, so it was kind of kind of interesting to see, you know, he had it done to him. But, I mean, look, we've seen that before from Jose. Uh you know, he, he 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 and Jay Crowder were going at it last night, but then I go back to that game in Philadelphia when when Jose was standing toe-to-toe. Well, I guess, you know, it's uh, nose to belly button with Joel Embiid. Hmm. I mean, yep. Embiid's trying to stare him down, and Jose ain't backing down. I mean, that kid's from Brooklyn. He's been through hmm. a lot growing up. He's not backing down from anybody. And, uh, I mean, he impressed Joel Embiid so much, you know, Embiid paid his fine for, for getting a text. <laughs> I don't think Jay Crowder's going to be, you know, paying any funds for uh, – <laughs> For Alvarado, though it's, uh, but uh, man, no, it's funny, it's great, it's awesome. The fans have complete. See the thing about the, this fan base now, Clay, is that it is totally organic. Yeah, we have a superstar in Zion Williamson. Unfortunately, hasn't played this year, but you're, you're seeing other guys step up. And I mean, Herb Jones, they were trying to find his jersey in the team store in, in December, and we were not selling his jersey. Mm-hmm. Now you got Herb Jones jerseys all over the place in the Smoothie King Center. Same thing with Jose Alvarado. You not, you couldn't find a Jose Alvarado jersey. I mean it, as late as January and now they're all over the place in the Smoothie King Center. So, yeah, it's it's really the blossoming of a love affair between team and city and uh it's a lot of fun because uh, we know how it is with the Saints and with this city and I absolutely in the last I mean you go back to the play in games um which seems like it was a year ago even though it was just a couple of weeks uh when we hosted San Antonio in that play in game you you really started to see the beginning of it and now I mean this city is full blown pelicans it's it's awesome
0: yeah totally slaughtering the narrative of not a basketball city right
7: yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I'm in a good mood. I'm not getting in all of that. You know, I, it's just funny because it, 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 now the national people then upheld it. No, 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 you're not allowed. I, I've got a memory like an elephant, Kendrick Perkins. You're you, t- you were telling people we, were, we should move the franchise to Seattle two months ago. Literally. Yeah. On national television, and ESPN did nothing to, you know, disclaim that. So, I, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Just. We, we know what's going on here in New Orleans, and we're having a lot of fun right now, and, and none of this national narrative is going to make any difference to us because uh, we're enjoying what we're seeing right now. And, look, it's only going to get better. This is, a, this is a first-time playoff situation for a number of these guys on this team. And no matter if we win or lose this series, this experience has been priceless invaluable whatever adjective you want to come up with uh to give them the hunger and the confidence that they can do it again the next year and the year after that and the year after that because you got to understand we got a bunch of young kids on this team that are getting their first taste of this and uh they're only going to want it more after you know every game that goes by you can see their confidence growing right before
0: your eyes yeah, and with every game, you've got Chris Paul's legs who aren't going to get the same break that he got earlier in the series. Yep. You've got Booker out. And so better than a puncher's chance, you mentioned two out of three now. Todd, I mean, you're right there at it. The keys to – to I, I almost said stealing. I heard John almost correct you the other night on the call. I know you didn't mean it right. that way. But to win this series, it's right there. It could be had.
7: No, no, absolutely. Look, and here's the thing: when we were walking out of the building last night, I went back into the studio and just talking to the, to, to the people I was working with, and Daniel and Aaron Summers and Joe Cardosi and, and John. You know, it's like, hey, here's the thing: the Pelicans know they can win this series now, and the Phoenix Suns are in the other locker room, going, um, what, what, "What's going on here? We, we were supposed to be out of here in four games, five at the most." And now, you know, we minimum have a game six and we got a team on the other side that believes that they can beat us. So you've you got them on their heels right now. And tomorrow night is going to be very interesting in Phoenix because, again, I don't think there's any pressure on the Pelicans. I mean, yeah. this is house money we're playing. Sure. It's land yap. And yeah. the, the, the Suns are supposed to win the championship or, or at worst get to the finals. And I mean... Look, and it it stinks that Devin Booker's not playing, but, hey, that's the NBA, man. you got to deal with injuries. I mean, Zion Williamson hadn't played a second this year, not a second. Brandon Ingram has missed 20-plus games this year. If Ingram hadn't missed 20 games, we might not have been in the play-in in in the first place. Sure. So it's just, you know, you got to deal with it. And, you know, back to the Chris Paul thing, you know, look, he's 37 years old. You can argue he's the greatest point guard that's ever, that's ever laced up the sneakers. But his two best games were game one and game three. And he had 19.4 quarters in both of those games. He had a week rest before game one, and he had three days off before game three. In the two games that he had one day off, he wasn't the Chris Paul that we've seen in game one and game three. And the rest of the way, it's travel day, play. Travel day, play. It's Tuesday, Thursday. Saturday so we'll see and Jose Alvarado I'm telling you <laughs> that kid he can go as long as you want and his job right now is to harass Chris Paul and pick him up in the backcourt and just try to wear him down and we saw that last night Chris Paul in the previous two games had 28, po- 28 assists and no turnovers.
0: that's crazy
7: and last night he had four points and three turnovers, and did not score after the first quarter. So, hey, it's like I always say, that's a them, that's a them problem. we gotta <laughs> we got to figure it out because it's two out of three right now. And, you know, Phoenix has lost ten games at home this year, and two of those losses have come against the New Orleans Pelicans. So it's not like we can't go in there and win because we've already done it twice.
0: Maybe this is a stretch, Todd, but when – Sean Payton first showed up, it didn't take very long for especially New Orleans people to kind of get that he got the city and that he was the right guy. Coach Green, on the other side for the Pelicans, has had that feel, even when the Pelicans weren't playing their best, and certainly has that feel now.
7: No doubt about it, and you got to understand, Willie Green played here. He, he was a member of the New Orleans Hornets, so he has lived here prior to his being the head coach. So he does get it. And in his introductory press conference, he said, we want to build a team that mirrors this city. And he has done it. And the love and the feeling is mutual because, I mean, you go back to that speech, (laughs) that after the Hmm. third quarter speech, uh, in the playing game in L.A. after the third quarter, when, you know, the season was literally disintegrating before our eyes in that third quarter, and a 15-point lead turned into a 10-point deficit in in the matter of a quarter in two minutes, and that speech—you know—you got to fight. I mean, it was on all the T-shirts last night. Sure. All the red T-shirts, eighteen thousand of them <laughs> said, "You got to fight." I mean, that speech is lit, a little less than two weeks old and has now become legendary in this city. And um, again, that's just part of the ride, man. It, it, It's—and uh, now it's to the point. You know, <laughs> you, you never would have dreamed of this, Clay, when we were one and twelve and three and sixteen, and—and and, you know, the the, the the team was coming out to crickets pretty much. Uh, in mid-December and early January for those Tuesday games against the Pacers or something like that. <laughs> and now these guys are taking the court to standing ovations and deafening noise. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I just – we're to the point now where you do not want this ride to end because we're having too much fun.
0: Well, Todd, I hope it doesn't end anytime soon, man. I've certainly appreciated uh, you taking time for us and your calls, man. Y'all do a fabulous job, so continue the good work.
7: Appreciate it, Clay. Go Pals, man. On to Phoenix.
0: Thank you, Todd.